Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Ashley White. With her first birth in 2006, Ashley felt it was overshadowed by a lack of education and support. So in 2019 and 2020, she made shifts and created the exact support system she desired. She will be sharing the experience of her two beautiful VBACs supported by her doula. Hello, Ashley. Welcome to the show. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. We are excited. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yeah, so um, Moon says hi. Moon says hello. (laughs) Um, So we are a family of five. Um, I think most would consider us to be a blended family. Um, Quentin and I, we've been together for four years, um, and I have my oldest son from a previous relationship. So um, we have a 14-year-old. He's a freshman in high school and really cool. Um, And then we have Mars and Moon. So Mars will actually be two next month and Moon is five months. Love those names. Thank you. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about your pregnancies? And you can share however we feel led. If they just kind of blended to each other, that's fine. Okay. So my first pregnancy, um, you know, I was young. I was 18 years old. And um, I don't know, I just didn't know a lot. Um, I feel like what I knew of pregnancy and birth and labor, um, I feel like I just mainly knew it like from TV or like what I watched. Um, And so I had an okay pregnancy. I actually did have a very, very good support system um, as far as like, you know, I was young, but my mother, you know, she was fine with it. Like I never had to go through um, you know, sometimes when you get pregnant younger, um, you, you kind of have to go through some negative experiences. And I, I didn't have that in that aspect. Um, but I was young and, you know, um, my son's father was young. And so we were both just trying to figure it out. Like we didn't really know what we were doing. Bless you, baby. And so, um, you know, it, it was an experience. It was an experience that was fine until I until I got a little older, a little more mature. And then I knew that it it wasn't as fine as I thought it was in the moment. Um, My pregnancy itself was really healthy. Um, You know, I had no issues, no complications um, until it came time for labor and delivery. And so my water broke again, just kind of knowing what I knew from TV. Everybody was just anxious. We raced to the hospital. Um, and because my water broke first before, you know, I even began to dilate, they kind of immediately put me on a clock. And, you know, once I wasn't dilating fast enough, we just kind of immediately went to, into a C-section. So, you know, I was 18 years old and, and going through a major operation that, again, looking back on, I don't feel like would have been necessary. Um, but, you know, no one was laboring with me, both of us young, neither one of us really knowing what to do. And so, you know, that that was what that experience was. Um, and then, you know, kind of moving forward you know, 13 years later, um, I'm able to look back and know that if I would have had the support of a doula, you know, which it was really important to me 
with both of my most recent pregnancies to have a doula. Um, and I had, you know, a, a like a beautiful experience, like the most beautiful experience. So, you know, coming off of that and then um, having that beautiful experience uh, with your doula and stuff, can you tell us about like what your preparation was um, for, for your VBACs? Um, what did that look like with just your prep overall and then also um, with your doula? Yeah, so I think that my prep for my for both VBACs, it started the very moment that I found out I was pregnant with me knowing that I was just high risk for a lot of things. You know, like I think it's pretty known, it's pretty well known now, um, you know, a lot of the negative experiences that Black women can have um, during labor and delivery. Um, but I was just like hyper aware and I knew that I needed to set things in place to support me in the way that I felt I needed to be supported. So the moment I found out I was pregnant, I reached out to, um, she's an old friend from, you know, we've known each other for a long time. Okay. So Monique, um, she's with Root and, you know, we've known each other for a long time since before she was, you know, even into birthing work, but um, I reached out to her immediately because I knew that I needed her. I knew that, you know, she was well informed and that I, I just needed her on my support team. And she was happy, you know, to, to support. And so, um, yeah, again, my VBAC work started at the very beginning. And so um, conversations with Monique, conversa- conversations with my OB, um, I immediately switched OBs. Um, I knew that I wanted um, a Black woman to support me, um, you know, from the medical side. And so I did some research and I found a, an OB who I absolutely love. Um, and then between the three of us, we just kind of, you know, came up with the plan. And, and that was that. And everything, you know, I was lucky enough um, that everything kind of for the most part, went according to plan. But Monique really helped to guide me as far as my diet, um, as far as just like daily practices that were going to help me to reach my goal of a VBAC. Um, my OB, same, you know, we, we recognized a few things. Like I had extremely low iron, like extremely low. And so in order for me, you know, to have a positive outcome, just some things that I needed to take care of, again, diet wise, uh, Monique really helped me to just kind of approach things from a more holistic standpoint. And so instead of immediately getting on medications for certain things, she helped me to explore um, just alternative methods. And so um, again, for me, my VBACs, I'm going to attribute, of course, to me. Um, and Monique has taught me that, you know, that I, you know, I did this, but also to like building um, a village around me and building the support group that I felt like I needed. I think that's important to note, like that you weren't, a lot of times people have a VBAC or have a successful birth and they're always like, oh, I would never been able to do it without my doula, right? And it's like, Yes, your doula was a part of that. Um, But yeah, like you said, it was you. And that's something that you can hold close to yourself to know that you created the team and your body did and your mind went through that and did that. So you have two VBACs to share. Um, You can start however you want, like Danielle said, if they flow together, they flow together. But walk us through your births. Okay. 
Um, so with Mars, he'll be two um, next month. And so for my labor, um, again, you know, we were kind of hyper vigilant about um, just, you know, being prepared. Um, something that I had begun to do kind of in the weeks prior, um, you know, I just kind of began to prepare my home, prepare my space and just kind of figure out like what I wanted my labor specifically to look like. Um, I really wanted to have a water birth. So I kind of knew that for my first be back at least, you know, I wasn't going to be able to have a home birth necessarily, um, just for safety precautions. And that was something that I knew and I felt I felt more comfortable, um, you know, delivering in a hospital setting. Um, but even within a hospital setting, I did really want to have a water birth, a water birth which is possible. Um, you know, you can have a midwife um, at the hospital that I delivered at. You can have a midwife and they do do water births in the hospital. Um, and my, my OB and I, we just had to have a tough conversation. I'll never forget the day. Um, and, you know, she told me that I wasn't eligible to do a water birth at this particular hospital. So, um, it was a hard conversation because for me, you know, mind you at this point, I haven't had a baby in 13 years. And so I had created, you know, exactly what I wanted my experience to look like. And so, you know, there were lots of tears <laughs> and Monique kind of, you know, just guided me through that and, um, you know, held my hand through it because to me, it was kind of blowing up what I, my whole experience. And what she helped me realize was that, you know, that was just one small part of that experience. And there were many other things that we could do. So, you know, I wrote out birthing affirmations. I really prepared my home. Um, you know, we agreed to labor at home. And so for me, that was kind of like the, you know, that was the compromise. So maybe, no, I can't have a water birth. But what I can do is labor at home until as long as we feel comfortable. And, you know, I can, you know, I can labor at home in my tub here. And so we created a birthing plan. Um, The day, so I won't... My water did break, but prior to that, my mucus plug came out. Um, and you know, I, I text Monique, could be anything, could be nothing, could be in labor in five minutes, you know? It's kind of like anything can happen. Um, and so that day, that day, um, I did begin to have some mild contractions. But, you know, still wasn't too concerned, wasn't too worried. Um, and so the very next morning, um, my water did break. And so that was when, like, true, true labor began. Um, but mind you, like the day before, I was still having contractions and, you know, just kind of still went about my day. Um, but again, at this point, you know, I, I learned to just kind of work through it. Everything is not like, oh, my God. I feel something like, let me go to the hospital right now. So um, water breaks and, you know, Monique again just kind of keeps me calm. Um, and she she comes over and then we begin to labor at home. Um, for me, laboring at home, it was just more comfortable. You know, I am in my safe space. 
um, surrounded by whoever I want to be surrounded by, you know, and for me, that was our parents, that was our, you know, teenage son. And, you know, I was able to move about the space how I felt. I was able to go outside, you know, I, I labored, um, you know, on our porch for a while. And it was just a nice spring day out. You know, I was able to eat. A lot of times they try to, you know, kind of restrict what you eat. Um, if you go to the hospital, um, contractions can be tough. And so I did um, labor in the shower. Um, it was important for me to labor in the shower and not in the tub because my water had already broken. And I was okay with that. Um, but for me, it was about being able to, again, just be in a, in a place that I did feel safe and comfortable. Um, and so I labored all day that day. And then in the middle of the night, I want to say maybe around 2 a.m., you know, the contractions just kind of cranked up. And so we agreed to head to the hospital. But, you know, what was important to me, again, just about being able to control certain things, um, you know, my the people around me, they did push me and kind of encourage me. Um, but also when I said it was time to go, everybody supported me in that. And so we headed to the hospital. Um, I, when we got to the hospital, you know, I had it made up in my mind that, you know, I'm going to do this with no, no medication, no drugs. Like I want a natural birth. There were certain things that I wanted. And, you know, when I, when I got to the hospital, not so much. <laughs> so <laughs> for me, it was just important to um, extend grace to myself and not beat myself up over that decision. Um, that was what I wanted in the moment. That was what I wanted in the moment. And so um, we did that. And, and there was nothing else to say about it. Nobody around me, you know, made me feel bad about it. I didn't make myself feel bad about it. And so, um, yeah, that was that. And so from that point on, um, there were some other things, you know, I'll, I'll call them maybe slight challenges um, that, again, to me, in my opinion, um, if I didn't have the expertise of my doula, I don't know how I would have necessarily approached them. And so... You know, like I remember, you know, like there was a test that they wanted to run um, to make sure my water had broken. And mind you, I know that my water is broken, you know, and so but in the doctors, you know, study telling me like, well, we would really like to make sure we run this test. And, you know, my doula, she just gently and firmly grabbed my hand and said, you don't have to do that, which I feel like a lot of times we don't know that we can say no. Like just because something is offered and even it may even be offered to you in a way that makes it sound like you can't say no. But like you're you're in control and you can say no. And I didn't know that. Um, and so I said no. And it felt great because I don't need you to run a test to tell me that my water broke because I know that my water broke. <laughs> and so, um, and there were lots of things like that. Getting an IV, I didn't know that I didn't have to get an IV. You know, my doula did a great job at keeping me hydrated all throughout my labor. And so I didn't have to have an IV, an, an IV. And so just things like that. And so um, there was a point when um, I did begin to, my 
I wasn't dilating at the same rate um, just because of having like some scar tissue. And so again, you know, just we we kind of had to work with the team, work with our OB, work with Medula. Um, and we were able to get past, you know, all of those things. Labor ended up progressing pretty quickly. <laughs> Moon is going to be all in my interview, y'all, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> Labor, you do not have to apologize. I'm so sorry, y'all. <laughs> She's supposed to be asleep. Um, yeah, and so labor kind of stalled due to some scar tissue. My doula made a suggestion. You know, she had me laboring in all kinds of positions. And the bottom line is that it took some, you know, it took, it wasn't super easy. It was not a linear experience where, oh, this VBAC just happened magically and there were no challenges. There were definitely some things that I felt like, you know, kind of could have took me out the game um, if I didn't, you know, have the, the team. And so we ended up working through them. Um, and yeah, I want to say with Mars, with Mars, I maybe pushed, um, maybe, I might have pushed maybe seven times with him. And, and he was born and he was healthy, um, strong. I was healthy. My recovery was quick. Um, and so that was my experience with Mars. Um, with Moon, it was my, my labor wasn't nearly as long. So with Mars, all in all, I labored for three days. With Moon, it wasn't, it didn't take nearly as long. Um, kind of labored through the night. Um, I knew that because with Mars, my water broke so early um, during my labor, um, one of the things that we did was just kind of change up my diet a bit to build um, a stronger um, amniotic sac. And so it, it worked, you know, it worked. And my water stayed intact during my entire labor. Um, and so again, we labored at home for as long as possible. And then we, you know, we headed to the hospital when I was ready. Um, and my water actually didn't break. Like my water had to be broken by the doctor, like it didn't break. And so, um, you know, I considered that to be a success. Um, but yeah, with Moon, labor was about two days. And it was similar in that we headed to the hospital when I was ready. Um, I didn't have the issue of the scar tissue. Um, but yes, another successful that. She's ridiculous. Okay. You're fine. Um, but yeah, so with Moon, it wasn't, you know, as, as long of a labor. Um, and she came with not many, you know, pushes either. Now with Moon, I did get an epidural again. Um, and we talked about it beforehand. It was part of our birthing plan. And what I decided on was I absolutely was interested in a natural birth. But again, um, I wasn't going to beat myself up about it if I did end up accepting medication. And so, you know, to this day, um, you know, somebody asked me like, oh, did you have, you know, your babies naturally? Like, it's not something that I'm ashamed about. It is not something that I shy away from, you know, telling people, 
Um, I think it's kind of a rude question because I think that it, it implies that should you decide to get uh, any sort of pain relief that you're weak or that your birth was not natural and everything about, you know, being pregnant and delivering a whole human being is natural. So I don't know. I think it's kind of a, a rude question to be with. Yes to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hit on that first. Yes. It's none of your business. First mm-hmm. of all. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, the whole process is, is natural, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to make decisions that um, fit for what you're going through in that moment. And yeah. sometimes getting pain relief helps bring baby along. Like yes. That's, you know, um, and there's so many like intricacies and layers of every single person's birth journey. So for anyone to try to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Devalue their experience because it wasn't, you know, um, hip to what everyone's hearing. Like, oh, yeah. you had a natural birth or an unmedicated birth. Like everybody's birth is their own. Yeah. Um, and when we when we ask questions like that, you know, it, like you said, it puts a layer on it to make it seem like it it wasn't, um, it wasn't what we, we what we viewed it to be. Exactly. I hope exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I also love like you speaking on the many ways to like holistically work through some of the. Um, I don't want to say issues or challenges that came up during your, your pregnancy, like, you know, building up your amniotic sac to make sure that it was strong, um, shifting your diet to help support your body for the VBAC, like things that, um, you know, I don't always think medical care, medical providers are talking about and how to support people who are, um, trying to have VBACs. Yeah. And so honestly, that wasn't something I even knew. Like I never knew that, I guess to me, like all amniotic sacs were the same and that's not the truth, even within the same one, you know, person. And so I never knew that there were things that you could do, you know, to, to make it stronger. And honestly, like when people ask me about my experience, I just kind of, shortcut it and say like get yourself a doula um because there are so many things like if i sat here and told you every single you know piece of guidance or advice that was given to me from our doula we would be here all day you know and so i just kind of shortcut and say like get yourself a doula that's all i can tell you honestly it was just seriously like the best the best thing and even not just for me, and it's so funny because Quentin, he calls himself like doula dad because Quentin learns so much. And it's funny because I will hear him telling his friends and giving them advice. Like, uh, and he didn't even know I was listening, but one day his cousin was on the way to the hospital. Um, his cousin was, you know, expecting, expecting a baby with his girlfriend. And I heard him say, like, he said something like, hey, dog, don't let them cut your girl open. You need to do A, B, and C. And I was like, yes, I know that's right. 
You know, it's funny because like Monique taught him like how to support me and you know how to you know whatever. And especially with Moon being born during COVID, we were not sure up until literally the week that I delivered. We weren't sure if she was going to even be able to be at the hospital with us. They cleared doulas to be in the hospitals at my particular hospital probably about four days before we delivered. And so, you know, it was about like truly, you know, teaching him how to support me. This is this is what you can do. Um, and, you know, these are the things that you, you should do. So, And, you know, as um, like the root way is really making sure that we not only support you in like holistic body care, but also taking care of the whole family that way, right? Because it's not just an experience that happens um, for the birthing person. It's a whole family transition. It's a whole family experience. So really being making sure that everybody feels supported throughout that entire journey. Yeah, making sure that everyone feels supported and, um, you know, that everyone feels like they're a part of the experience. Walk us through how postpartum was for you for each of those, each of your births. So with um, with Mars, uh, postpartum, to be very honest and transparent, it was just a very, very stressful time. It was stressful. Um, you know, I, I hadn't had a baby in a very long time. And, you know, Quentin and I, we both come from big families, but we're both very close to our families. Um, And, you know, for him, this was his first child. And then on my side, you know, there hadn't been a grandchild since my 13-year-old. And so both families were just so excited. So, so excited. You know, all of our friends were so excited. And, um, you know, when we came home, I'll just say it was kind of overwhelming the amount of like love and support that we received. And so, and I call it support because it definitely was support. Um, and it was all meant in a beautiful way because everyone was so excited. But for me, I really just needed time to kind of be. Um, and I really needed time to be still and time to just kind of bond with my baby. And so, um, it was a lot. And I, you know, I'll say I have a difficult time speaking the things that I need or, um, you know, just kind of setting boundaries. It can be really hard because everybody is excited. Yeah, you're excited, but everybody is excited. And so I had a hard time setting boundaries. Um, I knew that I wanted to breastfeed um, and that was difficult. <laughs> you know, if anybody who, you know, has had a baby or been around somebody who's had a baby, like, you know, when you're in those early weeks or months, even you're walking around topless all the time, like boobs just out. Okay. There is, there's no wearing a shirt. There's no getting dressed. There's no, you know, like you're trying to figure it out. Your baby is feeding on demand. And that's hard to do when you have visitors constantly. And so I do remember Monique trying at that point, you know, to just kind of tell me, you know, to set boundaries and whatever. But still, 
Um, I, I really struggled with it. And because of it, my breastfeeding journey ended pretty quickly. You know, we would have company and I would be embarrassed or, you know, just not want my titties to be out. And so, you know, I'm like, well, I'll just get this feeding and I'll just, you know, feed him a bottle. And then before you knew it, I had I had dried up. Um, so I will say with Moon, it was a totally different experience because, again, COVID. And while there are so many negative things that came about because of COVID, for me, this was one thing that was truly a positive. We didn't have no visitors. Like literally no visitors and everybody just kind of understood because of COVID. Um, but, you know, they also understood because we were really strict about it and we were okay and confident in enforcing those boundaries that we should have set with Mars. But COVID kind of gave us like a crutch to lean on. So we didn't have visitors and um, my breastfeeding journey, totally different. Like, I'm still breastfeeding to this day, and Luna's almost six months. That wasn't the experience with Mars. Um, and so I am grateful just to, you know, have some space, you know. I, I think in a postpartum period, it's just a really special and sacred time. And I don't know, like, you, you do have to get comfortable in setting boundaries and really using that time to bond with your baby and make no apologies about it. Like seriously, none. Family members, they love your baby. That's great. You can you can love them and see them, you know, whenever I feel comfortable. And for each woman that might be different. Um, but yeah, boundaries are so important. Um, I also with Mars, I don't know, I just wasn't taking care of myself. Um, I'm gonna say I probably experienced, you know, some level of postpartum um anxiety in depression. Um, my doctor did prescribe me medication and I didn't want to take it. I wasn't drinking water like I should have been. I wasn't feeding myself like I should have been. I just totally threw myself into my baby. Um, that was all I could think about, all I could focus on. And um, yeah, I think I kind of neglected myself a bit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So support system was was good. I think that I just I don't know. Like I don't I don't think that I necessarily thrived in the postpartum initially with Mars. How are you feeling now? So now to be honest, so Moon um she's 5 months. I you know I'm still trying to figure it out because the truth is that I swear, like, you'll watch, um, you know, like, TV or you'll be on Instagram and you'll see women have babies. And it seems like they bounce back in, like, two months or three months. And that's not my experience. And I wish that there were more women who were, you know, comfortable being honest about it. But my truth is that I didn't start to feel like my normal self again until Mars was probably... I'm going to say until he was probably about maybe eight or nine months old and I started to feel okay. And what's funny about that is right at that point, I got pregnant with Moon. And so, you know, we kind of started this all over again. I know, girl. We kind of started this all over again. And so I'm kind of at that point now with Moon where 
Am I 100% back to my regular self? No, absolutely not. But I also know that I'm only five months postpartum and that it's a journey and it's a process and I'm really not, I'm not being hard on myself about it. I'm just kind of taking it one day at a time. Um, And it is really difficult to have two babies under two. And so, you know, I'm trying every day. you know, it's it's a process. Postpartum is a lifelong journey. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Because I'm still recovering from that that teenager. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it is a lifelong journey. Just as our children shift and change daily, we as parents, um, and especially birthing parents, shift and change daily. Um, not only with our mental selves, but um, I think a big, you know, a big part of that too is our physical selves, right? Um, there's, you know, new parts of ourselves that we didn't know about or that have come up and um, it all shifts with, you know, with our children. Um, so yeah, you know, sending you love to be able to give yourself grace through the process. And it is a day by day um, situation. And I do agree, you know, it's important to be able to hear and see, um, hear and see the stories that match your experience. So you don't feel alone. Um, and I can say that probably all of us at one point in our postpartum journey have been like, what the fuck? How? (laughs) Seriously, seriously, girl. How we get here? Like how? <laughs> how? What is happening? What's happening in my, in my life? What is right. going on? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I I appreciate what you said that postpartum is a lifelong um, experience, and I agree with that. And what I try to tell myself is that even though I have been a parent for a long time, I've never in my life been a parent to a 14-year-old, a 23-month-old, and a 5-month-old. And, you know, next month, I've never been a parent to a 14-year-old, a 2-month-old, and a 6-month-old. You know, next year, I've never, like, every step is different, and it's new. And so, I, you know, I really do have these conversations in my mind when I feel like I'm about to lose it. Um, you know, again, extending grace like it it's okay it it really is okay that's a beautiful testament for sure because it's not even just that and a child at each of those different ages and stages but it's like the parent you were with one child the parent you are with two children the parent you are with three children and recreating in your head like one that grace but also like who am I now like that doesn't even come into you know it's not only who am I as a parent, but who am I as a woman? Who am I as a person in this stage of life with this child? So and what do they need from me? Yeah. And for me, I, I feel like what the common um, thing is, is in each postpartum, I'm a, I'm a great mother. I will say that I'm a, I'm a great mom. Um, I am a nurturer by nature. And so I'm a great mother. What I have a difficult time with, and see, this is the part that's going to make me cry. What's difficult for me is figuring out who I am. Who am I as a woman? Um, 
And who am I outside of my kids? Um, because naturally, I just want to give everything that I have to them. But um, if I'm not whole, then what I'm giving them is not even the best of me. And so, you know, and that's where I am now, just trying to figure out who am I as a woman? Who am I outside of them? Um, you know, when they leave and I'm looking around because I have nothing to do, you know, that that's that's crazy. You know, like I really need to to just kind of figure that out, figure out the things that I like, um, what makes me feel good, you know, what what, what things do I want to do outside of them? Because I'll tell you all day the things that I have planned for my children and, you know, what's going on with them. And, you know, in the meantime, you know, I haven't had a hot shower today. And so it's things like that in the postpartum that are just really difficult um, for me. And so, you know, that that's where we are now. And that's that's the truth. That is the truth um, of my postpartum. It's not all perfect. And it's not. And another thing is that, you know, my children, they are very cute. <laughs> they're, they're really cute. And people will tell you, you know, oh, I know you're tired, but, but your kids are so cute. And I'm like, Yes, they're they're beautiful. I know that aesthetically they are gorgeous and they are just beautiful human beings internally as well. But that still doesn't take away from A, B, C, D, and E. You know, and so um, that's another thing is just trying to be seen for so many other things. And so if you hear a mom who is expressing, you know, that she's struggling, um, or maybe she's not struggling, but I think I just, I can't stand someone immediately being like, but they're so beautiful. Isn't it worth it? Like, obviously my children are, you know, a priority and they're beautiful and they're worth everything, but I am still here. And I also, you know, deserve certain things. So it's that part where you said, I want, I want to feel seen. Right. I know I love my kids. I know they're cute because I made them. (laughs) But did you see me today? Do you see me outside of what's going on? Um, That's real. That is that is very real. And, um, you know, I feel like when we have children, when we, you know, um, when children enter our lives, they, uh, I always say they unveil parts of us that we didn't know about and, and kind of like burst us wide open, right? But then there's like this coming back to who we are, not even our old selves, but also our new selves. And like you're in this in between, right? And just trying to find your way of, uh, where am I going? Where am I going to land? Who am I? Right. Um, and so again, just sending you love to find grace as you navigate that and it's not perfect. You know, it's not supposed to be perfect. (laughs) As you think about, um, all the things you do in a day as a parent, um, and as just a person and having that, 
acknowledgement of all the things you just did, like I did that, right? And sometimes it's not going to come from external and that can be hard. Um, But you recognizing it for yourself, just like you can recognize your power and your strength um, through your pregnancies, especially these VBACs and, and seeing yourself accomplishing these things each day. Also holding those boundaries for yourself within your family and your household of what someone else can do too. So they don't just see you doing all the things, right? <laughs> like y'all can do some of this. <laughs> you know what? Let me tell you. Let me tell you the conversation that I had with Quentin and our teenager last night. So I have just reached a point. Okay. I can no longer take it. I am tired. Okay. And I don't even need to explain why. Y'all know why. Y'all see me. I'm tired. I told them last night. I said, listen. This is the chore list. This is what's happening. You either do it or it's about to get real disrespectful around here. <laughs> and that's it. I said what I said. Okay. And I, I walked the off the room. Right. Mic drop. <laughs> yes. You trying to me. throw hands? Like, do you, do you want to fight? Okay. Because <laughs> I am able. Yes, seriously. I'm uh, able. And I'm willing. When we check back in with you tomorrow, <laughs> they better have done them chores. Or there going to be some other hands rolling up. <laughs> Mamas unite. Listen, I'm not playing. I am not playing with y'all. That's it. That is it. And they looked at me like I was crazy. And yes, I am. I am crazy. Okay. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing your birth with us, your journey with us, your postpartum truth with us. Um. Is there anything else that you want to share with listeners, resources, advice, anything else from your birth, births? Um, so I would say, you know, just kind of going back to, um, you know, when people ask me what kind of advice would I like to give, get yourself a doula. Um, I've had, you know, women tell me things like, oh, well, I'm getting a C-section. I don't feel like, you know, I'll need one. I would say even for that, get a doula. Um, I just found so much value in having one. And um, and like you mentioned before, not just for me, for our entire family. Um, and it really was just such a beautiful experience. And I would first and foremost, get a doula. If I, I feel like if I would have had one, um, you know, for my first birth when I was 18, I truly feel like I could have had a totally different outcome. Um, so that would be, you know, my first piece of advice and everything else I think is just what we're talking about, setting boundaries, extending grace, um, being okay and speaking your truth, um, and not, not feeling like you have to be anything other than what you are. And I, as I'm saying these things, you know, there's still things that I'm working on and that's okay. Cause again, it's not a linear experience, um, some days you will do great and other days maybe not but just being committed to working on it um you know every day and so I would say really you know those are my my pieces of advice um I'll tell you guys too um I have a blog where you know I just kind of document what's happening with all of us um and so my Instagram is 
at lukewarm ginger tea, but that's also the name of my blog. And so if you're interested in just like the day-to-day truth of what's happening, um, lukewarmgingertea.com. Um, and then Quentin and I, we have a couples podcast where again, we talk about these children and they are crazy and they be trying to take us out every day. Okay. And so if you want to hear about that, um, it's always, always podcast. (laughs) And thank you guys so much. Like, thank you both, um, for this opportunity, but also just for the platform, because it's so, so important. And, you know, I truly wish that again, at 18, there were resources like your podcast available. Um, And so it's just, it's so important. It's so necessary. And so thank, thank both of you. Thank you. Thank you. And we're going to make sure all your infos in them show notes so people can find your stuff. Yes. Come on. <laughs> the people. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. To Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com. 